Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April and I'm Caroline and this is your bloody happy hour Caroline are you ready for this this is your newest guilty pleasure it's the bloodiest part of your week did we say something about it also being happy hour show the end because we about to be sipping on some murder bloody happy hour Hey y'all, this is April. Oh, it's Caroline. And it's Thursday and we're drinking. Caroline, what you got? Gin and juice. And I got some Truly. The place that I went to didn't have a white claw. So this is, I guess, the next best thing. Next best thing. Um, Okay, so I have to tell you, I just called 911 on the way over here. But I'm gonna tell you my scenario because now I'm like second guessing if I should have called. Like you were on the phone. With I them. was on the phone with them on the way over here. Well, okay, yeah. What? But I'm wondering if I got a little bit of paranoia. Was it the guy standing on the street with the shirt over his head like this, and he was just standing there? Oh, I wouldn't have called one one on him. I would have just took a picture. Well, you just or talked to him. I was driving. And you saw that? Yeah, he was just standing there. Where? Like on the side of the road. <laughs> All these cars are driving by. Robin saw a naked guy on Highway 6 the other day. Was he the one from Florida? No. A different naked guy? A different naked guy. Was he a black guy? Yes. This guy was black. It might have been naked Florida black guy. I don't know. Well, he's been walking a long time. He was walking. He had his pink ro- backpack on. The one Robin saw. He She sent us a picture, so you'll have to look. <laughs> he was. Just, what happened to him? The cops had him pulled over. I don't know. Maybe oh drank some. I mean, ate no, some. No, he was flocka. The basalt. Basalt. <laughs> flocka. Oh wow. Who knows? Um, was that in Marlin? No, highway. No, highway six. Like where towards Spiegelville. Oh no. <laughs> no. So he's going the wrong way. He should have went towards Marlin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why did you call 911? Okay, so I always stop at this um, on Thursdays if I don't, if I'm not already prepared with my happy hour drink, I'll stop at this little liquor store and in town and it has a drive through. So you just drive through. And I've talked to this lady like a ton of times because I see her just about every Thursday and she's just a little Chinese or like Islander. And she's the owner. Maybe she's Hawaiian. She just, or Hawaii. I said Islander. I know. That's why I said Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Maybe, Maybe she's she related the to. the Honolulu Strangler. Oh, uh-oh. Is that what you're doing? Oh, maybe. So I pulled up and she opens up the door and she grabs her heart and she's just like silent and she's looking at me and she usually just like, what do you want? And she'll get my shit and then I'll pay for it and she'll say, thank you. And she was just looking and then I was like, are you okay? And she goes, yeah. But she just 
deadlocked eyes. Like somebody was with there me on the other side with yes. a gun pointing at her. <gasps> I said, "Are you stressed?" And she says, "Oh, I think I'm just." hot and she just was pressing on her chest what? and then she just stood there and I was like um first I was like I need some Jerleys I mean I need some white cloth <laughs> you get my drink I know but it was like awkward and so anyways she turns around and she goes um well I don't think we have white claw do you want anything else? So I told her to give me some Trulies. And then she didn't even take my credit card. She just kind of stood there. And finally she took it because I wanted to like rush her. But then I was like, what is she trying to send me a message? Oh, yeah, she was. What if or what if she is like having like a stroke and she's not all there? So she finally took my credit card and she says, do you want a receipt? And I said, yeah, I forgot to even look at my receipt. Maybe she wrote a note on my <gasps> receipt. Where is it? You threw it away. I don't, I don't It's probably in my car. Oh, but hell. when I pulled off, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a Karen and I'm going to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case, one, she might have been like having like a stroke or because she kept holding her chest. Or two, there was a, a guy in there, an older white guy in there, and he was just kind of staring. So what if he had her? hostage okay so what did they say and i I'll call you the tell them? well i'm shitty so i hope we never have to hear this but i'm like okay there's this liquor store <laughs> on the street i don't know what it's called i go there all the time Wait, now I'm on this emergency and you're like hey there's a liquor store there's a semi-emergency i'm not sure if it's an emergency oh, yeah i said but i need you to send a cop can you just do a well check on this lady and i call and i told her the story and she was like okay what's the place called i don't know is it from where you're calling Nope, because I'm driving down the road. I'm coming here. And she was like, well, what color's the building? Blue. It's a liquor store. You can't miss it. It's across from this. It's across from this. It's, you know, and so they were like, okay, we'll try our best to get somebody over there. So then I hung up and I was like, did I just overreact? And like, is my mind warped because I thought the white guy was holding her, holding her hostage? Or did you at least plug bloody happy hour? No, okay. no, because I don't want them to tie it back to me <laughs> just in case it's ridiculous. Listen, better safe than sorry. The lady may not wait on me next time I go. Well, she just probably doesn't know you called unless she's like, uh, this lady. Had a or I saved her life. Let's just go ahead and say that I saved her life. Looks like this. Looks like this. <laughs> sounds like this. Just called us. <laughs> she's ordered some truly. Yeah. Well. Oh, and then I was like, the 911 lady probably thinks I am drunk. Because I was like, usually when I go through there, she's she doesn't say much. <laughs> she's probably like, this bitch is drunk. <laughs> oh, I wish there was a way to know. So was that a real reason to call? Yeah, would you would have called? Oh, for sure not. No, no definitely not. No. You would have just wondered and then like been done. Yeah, yes, yes. I think on the way home, you need to go back by there. Okay. I can go that way. It's out of the way, but I might go. Well, I mean, you got to see if something happens. She, it could be like, sorry, we're closed for, you know, murder on the loose or something. <laughs> it or could at least be wrapped up news. as a crime scene. Yes. Okay. Maybe I'll go or drive I'll through it. there and I'll see. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> oh, my gosh. So there's my story. But what story do you have? I have no idea what it is. Uh, well, we're going to Hawaii. Ooh. Hawaii. Hawaii. How do you say Hawaii? Hawaii. Yeah. Some people say Hawaii. 
maybe people from Hawaii. That's actually accurate. What they say is that's what they say. But really quick, so live show, live show, live show. Oh yeah, right? live show, yeah. September twenty third. Mm-hmm. Registration is out now. Oh. And um Everybody who registers will get a, their very own Bloody Happy Hour sticker decal to put wherever you want. But only the first 20 people will first get 20. the signature. Is it signature or honorary? Mm-hmm. Always be DTF drinking mug or stemless glass. I've already gotten text about it because we announced it on the last show. Same. So, you just better be watching our Facebook page and our Instagram page and our own personal pages, if you're a friend. So, registration is out, and be sure to sign up. And we will see you on the 23rd, downtown Waco. Can't wait. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell seven of them. Lots of them. Um, Okay, you ready to go to Hawaii? Yeah. Hawaii, by the way, is a state. Yeah. I mean... Did you not know that? Well, I mean, some people don't know. I had to research Hawaii. I mean, like, it, I didn't, I I just thought it was Hawaii, a, an island. It's part of the United States. I know. Okay. It's like right there in the middle of uh, Japan and then the United States. Let's not do the whole continent and geography stuff. I'm a geographist. So <laughs> anyway, we're going specifically to the island of Oahu. Ooh. Oahu. Which is in Honolulu. Okay. And it's also near uh, Waikiki Beach. Okay. And Pearl Harbor. Mm. Did you even know all this? I knew Pearl Harbor was there. Well, Hawaii's like, I think, 12 different islands. A bunch of little islands scattered around. Um, and around this time, there was like or like 800,000 people. But we're going to go back to the 50s and the 60s. Wow. Just a brief history of Hawaii. Okay. A, Condensed. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry, people. In the 50s and 60s, it was like a huge destination area. Started to slow down around the 70s. I mean, people were going on their honeymoons and, you know, everything there. Have you ever been? No. Neither. We're losers. Um, Around the early 80s, it started to slow even more, and that was due to a recession. And it was around the mid-80s, mainly 85, 86, that it started to pick up. And they saw a lot of people coming in, um, mostly for the military. Okay. But some people were also coming in because there was a like telecommunications company that had opened up. And so a lot of people were coming to Hawaii to work here or to be in the military. And around this time, it had about 10 and a half million people who visited the island within hmm. those two years. So it had a bunch of people. Money starts rolling in. Hotels are renovated, redeveloped. Investment companies are coming in, and everything's great. They're booming. And now they're, like, pricing shit, like, triple times what it should be. Probably, yeah. Then, well, what happens when things just get too good? You have a crash. Uh Uh-oh. So, 85, 86 are great, and then 87, there's stock market crash. Well, this, I guess a bunch of companies had to close. Um... And obviously, stock market crash is not good news. This is not a stock market podcast, so that's all I'm going to say about the stock market crash. <laughs> How many times can I say it? So around this time, like the 80s, 85, 86, they have all this growth. 
And now with all this growth comes violent crimes, an influx of people, murders on the rise, rape on the rise, robberies on the rise. After the stock market crash, so and the then it a- grows again. In the 80s, it starts to grow. It peaks at 85, 86, uh-huh. and then it crashes at 87. Okay. So 85, 86 is where you're seeing all these people, and then you're seeing all these robberies Everything. and these murders. Okay. More people, more crime. Yeah. More money, more problems. Yep. yep. So we're going to go to May 29th, 1985. 25-year-old Vicki Purdy leaves her house around 6 o'clock to go to Waikiki. And she's going to go drinking and dancing with her friends. She's going to go clubbing. Um, and her husband's going to stay at home because he's a good husband. Nice. And she clearly is bored. Nice. So she goes. She parks her car at this place called the Shorebird Hotel. And she's supposed to meet up with friends, and she calls them around 10 p.m. to make a plan to, like, meet up with them. Well, she never shows up, and they never see her see her or hear from her again. So a taxi driver. So she never shows up to the club. She never shows up to meet up, meet up with her friends. She okay. calls them at 10, doesn't show up. A taxi driver uh, in Waikiki drives her uh to her car at the Shorebird Hotel and drops her off at midnight. I don't know where she was. She wasn't with her friends. She goes somewhere. She has to get a ride back. So friends were really supposed to be an alibi, but she was really meeting somebody else. This is the most... I, wow. There's not a lot. Okay. So the last person to see her is this taxi driver who drops her off to see her alive. And around... This time at midnight when she's dropped off, her husband start, is still awake. He starts to worry. He starts paging her, paging her, paging her. She doesn't respond. And he was like, oh, well, I'll just go to sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> Maybe she's done this before. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So he goes to sleep, wakes up the next morning, and she's still not home. Uh-oh. So then he starts freaking out. Or he's probably extra pissed. Who yes. does she go home with? Yes. Cause That's the first reaction, I'm sure. Yes. So he um, makes his way to Waikiki to look for her. Uh-huh. And he finds her car in this Shorebird Hotel parking lot. Keys in her purse are gone. None of her belongings are in the car, but there's now a dent in the car that wasn't there before. Wait, how? why is her car there if she took a taxi? Well, um, from what I have researched, she drove to this hotel she obviously got a ride from this taxi to go. So I don't know, go somewhere and then has to get a ride back. I don't know. This is just all I got. Wow. So the later, so the husband goes there, he's looking for camp finder, finds the car. He ends up uh, calling the police. But then later that morning, they find her body in the Keahi lagoon. Mm. Now, this is like a boat harbor, and it's like on the eastern side of Honolulu. Okay. So, no, get, I, so get your map out. I have no idea what east means. There. Never <laughs> eat soggy watermelon worms. Um, she was wearing a yellow jump, jumpsuit, red belt, same thing she wore the night before, and her arms were bound behind her back. She was raped. She was strangled, and she had been working at this video store now this video store the husband t- 
tells the police that he thinks it might be related to an incident that happened there a few months before. Like a couple of the workers were like stabbed there. Um, but then the police end up, they're like, there's not, their MO is not the same. Like nothing is the same. This They're not uh-huh. bound the same. They're not strangled, not raped. Like Unrelated. Unrelated. Okay. And also they mentioned that this video store had like a little, like a, it had porn in the back as well or whatever. Oh. So, you know, that they're like, maybe that could have something to do with this. I don't know. Who's to say? We'll, we'll find out. But they decide that these two aren't related. So police just go on. They write this murder off as a random act of violence. Okay. Now, apparently Hawaii does not have a statute of limitations. So you can keep a case open for however long. Oh. So this they the investigation remains opened. Okay. I don't think there's one on murder at all anywhere, right? I thought. I know there's like on rape and other stuff, but I don't. I thought it wasn't for murder. I don't know. Oh, well, look it up. We'll find out. Eight months go by. January 18th, 1986. 17-year-old Regina Sakamoto leaves for school in Waipahu. Wait, how old is she? 17. Okay. How old was? Regina. How old was the other one? Uh, she was 25. Okay. So she leaves for school. Um, it's her senior year and she's planning on going to Hawaii Pacific university in the fall. Mm. So she lived with her mom and her younger brother, Omar. He was like 10 years old. Uh, and he talked about her, described her fun loving. They're always fun loving. Um, somebody who he really looked up to. Yeah. So obviously they're pretty close. So at 7.15 in the morning on January 14th, she goes, she calls her boyfriend from a phone booth to tell him that she missed a school bus and that she's going to be late for school. And a witness had seen her at the bus stop, but that was the last time anybody ever saw her alive. The next morning around 10 a.m., her body is found by a fisherman a mile away from where Vicky Purdy, the first one, uh-huh. a mile away from where she was found in the Keahi Lagoon. <laughs> Did you tell me how Vicky was died? Um, strangled. Okay. Hands behind her back. And oh raped. yeah, bound. That's right. That's yeah. right. And same thing with this one. Uh, so they found her in this in this Keahi Lagoon. Her body was naked from the waist down, hands bound behind her back. She has also been raped and strangled. Mm. And this is about, they said it was about a mile away from where Vicky's body was found. But it looked like an exact copy of that murder. So now we have a pattern. Okay. So two weeks later. So between the first and second, we had eight months. So now we have two weeks go by. Ooh, he's getting better. January 30th, 1986, 21-year-old Denise Hughes lived in this neighborhood called Pearl City. And it's north of Honolulu, so we're all around Honolulu. Um, She was a secretary for a phone company. She had recently got a raise. She would commute to to work by bus. Um, Now, her mom would always tell her that she thought that this place where she lived was too remote and it was too far away from people and she just didn't like the fact that she was commuting by bus and she had to like wait out at the bus stop alone she mm-hmm. was like this is what you need to do you need to wait till the last second until you see that bus is about to come and then go out there and get on that bus instead of just waiting so she had a yeah. gut feeling about something 
Um, well, mama's just worried too. I know. I would be like, why would you even think about that? Yeah. But <laughs> I don't have to. So, so that same day, uh, what was it? January 30th. Uh, Denise never shows up for work. Well, two days later on February 1st, three teenagers are crabbing. I guess that's <sighs> looking for crabs near the Moana Lua stream. Which is two miles upstream from the Kaei Lagoon. Wow. And they come across something that's wrapped in blue material in the water. Were the other ones wrapped? No. Okay. They had their, they had, their one regular of them clothes. was like naked from the waist down. And the other one had and on their somebody clothes. Somebody had on their clothes. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is identified as the body of Denise Hughes. And now we have three. So now we have a casino Her killer. hands were bound behind her back. She's been raped and strangled. But because her, I think the other two bodies were on the um, embankment. And she was more in the water. So she had a lot more decomposition. Mm. Um, but so far, all three women have been found south of their, like south of Honolulu, uh, or south of their homes by the Honolulu airport. Okay. Okay. Because this lagoon is really close to the airport. Um, and police now are realizing that these cases are connected because they all have the same MO. So up until this point, Hawaiian authorities have never dealt with any kind of serial killer. They've had murders, but they've never had like a consistent same they didn't even know what they had to explain what a serial killer yeah. was to the people a series of murders and it has to it has to be three so now they know like yeah. now that falls under the definition i guess yes so the police set up this like serial killer task force and they like grow up to like almost 30 people they have some fbi people they have this uh, people who worked with the Green River Killer. Okay. They had. I mean, so they were like, they were doing it. Yeah. They were doing the most for their first ever serial killer. Yeah. They seemed like they were real excited about I it. I feel like actually. they were. They reached out to get help from the right resources. They're all about it. So there was evidence collected from the crime scenes, forensic evidence collected from the victims, but they didn't have much to work with because the bodies were mostly in, or well, at least the one was in water. The other ones were close by in like. They, they didn't have blood evidence. They didn't have the DNA, mm -hmm. which, of course, we have now. Because we're 80s, right? Because we're in yeah. Yeah, 85, 86, yeah. So police finally make an announcement, and they think that these some of the two of the three have accepted rides from a stranger or strangers while waiting for rides at bus stops. Yeah, I could see it. And that is the or one that was to going to school taxi. and the one that was going outside before the bus would get there. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so the last two. So authorities start to caution everybody, you know, and they're like, here's what you need to do. Don't take rides from anybody. Don't hitchhike. You need to travel in groups. You need to wear loose clothing so you can move quickly you need to not wear high heels wear shoes that you can move fast in don't carry any packages you want to be able to go quick i mean they are oh just giving goodness. like 
the most. They're not playing around here. They're getting real specific. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, so they also they also told these women, the people that if you're go with your gut, if you feel like you're being followed. So like they're just they're doing great. They try to set up this sting operation where they have undercover police officers around the Honolulu airport, like just watching for whatever, but nothing ever comes of it. But they're trying. They're really trying. Six weeks go by. Okay. It's March 26, 1986. 25-year-old Luis Medeiros. She, oh, this one's the worst. Well, she caught a plane from Honolulu to the island of Kauai, where she grew up. And that's where her family still lived. So she's still she lives in one of the different islands. Now are all these kid all these girls Hawaii like natives? No, no. Like not. do they all look alike at all? I you know what I don't I don't know what they look like, but I know most of them were had lived in the states and came and then come here and then came okay yeah. So this is Luis and her mother had recently died, so she wasn't very close to their family. She had a strained relationship. I think she left home when she was around sixteen. Um. So her mom recently dies, and she has to go there for the reading of the will. But she has two kids, and she's three months pregnant. Mm. And so she's trying to make this trip really fast because she left her two kids with her boyfriend. And she's like, I got to get back. You know, I just need to make this fast. Plus, like I said, she's got a strained relationship with her family. So she's just trying to go as quick as she can. Her family wants her to wait until the morning so that she doesn't have to take the bus from the airport late at night. But Luis, she real stubborn. Oh, man. And she's like, no, I have to get back as soon as possible. When she gets to the uh, airplane in Honolulu, she disappears. What? She disappears. A week Later, on April 2nd, Luis's body is found at the north end of the Keahi Lagoon. She's naked from the waist down. Her hands are bound behind her back. And just like the other three victims before, she's been sexually assaulted and strangled. Wow. So we're on number four. So I looked at their pictures, and Uh most of them have... Short, dark hair, and they're white? Yeah, but it looks like one was blonde. I don't know if she was blonde at the time the murders but the picture it's like a more of a dirty blonde no 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 vicky did we talk about yeah, vicky vicky? Yeah. vicky had blonde hair like blonde blonde like bleach blonde is it long are they long hair short hair people they look like medium length hair so same amount three weeks after that on april 29th 36 year old linda pesci is a single mother she has she has a roommate, but she is like, does everything with her daughter. Like, she loves her, you know, she's just devoted, very devoted. So, she has a roommate. She tells her roommate that she had a meeting at work that evening and she would be home a little bit late. Okay. So, she also works for the phone company. All these people started working for these, that telecommunications because mm-hmm. it was a hot place to be. Um, and so she, Leaves for work in her car, and by the next morning, she's not back home. And so the roommate is like, "Where? Where's Linda? This is like clearly not anything like her. She is. She's in her car. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
she she left to go to work in her car and was going to be home later that evening. Okay. Yeah. And then the next morning she's not home and Linda, uh, the roommate's freaking out, calls her work and they're like, mm, Linda left work at 630 last night. And that's when the roommate calls police and. That's it. She, yeah. Cause she knew there's there. I would know where she would be. So later, Linda's car is found on the Nimitz Highway, which is the northeastern end of the Kaehi Lagoon. And police put together that her car broke down um, <sighs> about half a mile from the bus stop. Why are these people driving? And why should they go to a bus stop? No, she's probably just driving. <gasps> Oh, like oh, it was oh. on her way. Oh. She just happened. That's yeah. where she broke and it. Broke. And he was probably yes, doing his. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. His and trolling. Yes. Hunting. Hunting. So, okay, they haven't found anything yet. They immediately call a press conference because they just find her car. And they wanted to warn everybody. And they're like, Linda's now a missing person. And they tell the People not to leave your, like, don't leave your car if your car break, breaks down. Mm-hmm. Stay inside your car, call police, just lock the doors, and wait for somebody to come. Because they're like, this affects your wives, this affects your girlfriends, this affects your daughters. We're losing our innocence as a community. I mean, this is, like, huge. Yeah, you know, yeah. Surf- don't ignore it. Yeah. And so, and it's like, a, these are small communities where they, like, everybody knows each other, they're waving at each other and all this good stuff. So let's take a break. And now a word from our sponsors. Nine one one, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house. Uh, do you mean? Could it be? The, the Bolter House. New from Rogue Media. Two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals, P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business.
Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. This is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. Here's where the story gets a little weird. Four days later, we're on May 3rd. A 43-year-old mechanic goes to, to the police department and tells them that a psychic told him where Linda Pesci's body was located. Uh. Yeah. And that, that it was in a place called Sand Island. So he tells police that he's, wait, Linda's his last girl. Linda's the one that they is missing. Oh yeah, which caused him missing. to give the the conference, the press conference. So he tells police he followed followed the directions of the psychic, and that he thinks that he found the body. Oh shit! So he also goes and says that he knows Linda because she tried to sell him a pager one time because she works at the phone company. Uh huh. And so they have this connection. And then police end up checking her, like, appointment book. um, And they see that this mechanic's name and his information is in her appointment book from, and she had written in it the day that she disappeared. Like, I guess wrote the date and his name. So the authorities go with this mechanic, Mr. Mechanic, to Sand Island. And he shows them the whole island, but... You know, he just avoids this one certain spot. And he's like, oh, I guess it's not here. (laughs) And then the police are like, obviously, we got to go check that spot. And obviously, that's where they found Linda Pesci's body. Wow. She's face down, covered in dirt, with a concrete block on her back, or on top of her. She's been raped and strangled. Is she bound? I... She's face down, covered in dirt. I don't, I think she's bound. It doesn't say specifically. Let's go with yes. Look up to see if Lindy Pesci was bound. Um, Concrete block. What's the purpose? This is different. So once she was 
missing, the police had actually put up this roadblock and they stopped like commuters to ask them if they had seen anything the night that Linda's car broke down on the side of the road. And there was one witness and she said that she saw a Caucasian or mixed race man in his 30s or early 40s driving a light colored van. Okay. And that this van had like black lettering on on the side of it. And he was seen on the side of the road in his van with Linda and her broken down car. So this is all from this witness. Sees both of them, the van, the car. And this so so this mechanic who brought the officer to Sand Island fits the description of this guy with this van. Okay. Got okay. It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the mechanic had the light he had the light colored van and he had the with the dark lettering on it. He's 43 years old. He lives in Iwa, in the Iwa Beach area, which is in the vicinity where police had su- suspected the killer would be. Yeah. And so one of the guys on this special task force had figured that the murderer had worked at an air cargo company or a place that was near the airport or near this lagoon mm-hmm. drive. And at the same time that this mechanic guy had t- talked to the police about the psychic, he had worked at an air cargo company near the airport on Lagoon Drive. So we have all the signs. <laughs> it is all lining up. All the signs. So he has no Too prior possibly. no prior records. He has just whatever nope nothing on his record police start to surveil this guy mr mechanic to try to to try to catch him doing anything Mm -hmm. and they do see him um scraping off the black lettering on the side of the van why i guess because that was one of the like something that the witness had seen was this Uh, light colored van with black lettering across the side so then the police set up the surveillance and they catch him scraping the letters off the writing off so it's like just suspicious activities so on may 9th which is six days after he led the police to her body they bring him in for questioning and he's interrogated from like 8 p.m to 3 a.m um, and he would say nothing. He has his arms crossed. He's looking down and he doesn't say a word, mm. does not say a word. And, um, like he did barely even moved. No eye contact. So he's given a polygraph, which he fails. Okay. And police have circumstantial evidence, but they don't have... Anything else. Good shit. Yeah. So they talk to his ex-wife and his girlfriend. Oh, hell. Both who tell police that he's into bondage. Oh. Specifically tying your hands behind Behind your back back. during sex. So the girlfriend goes on to say that they would get into fights and he would storm out of the house, which were the same nights the victims went missing. Did you tell us his name yet? No. Okay. Okay. So, of course, this is all he said, she said stuff at this point. Yeah. Still not hold, can't hold up too much to, in court. 
Well, then, Mr. Mechanic, lawyer's up. Okay. So he is now no longer ever talking to the police. And police go to the DA. We had a big DA conversation. They go to the DA with what they have, but since it's all circumstantial, the DA is like, mm, we would lose if we take this mm-hmm. trial. And you Sorry. don't want to take that chance because you can't try them again. Yep. Going to be gone forever. Yeah. So I did hear or read one part where they talked about like some semen was saved or was found and it was like oh. forensic evidence, but they tested it and there was no sperm. No or little sperm in the semen. Okay. I don't know if this if that identifies you, your sperm. I don't have sperm. I don't know. Um, but anyways, they said that the reason for this is because he, this person may have likely had a vasectomy. Okay. Just a fun fact. So when the mechanic had been questioned and he had left the police station, reporters were everywhere, and they asked him, like if they knew Linda and he responds and he says, I haven't talked to, and then done stops. stops. He stops talking. He realized he shouldn't say anything to the press. Most likely he was going to say like, I haven't talked to Linda since I murdered her. <laughs> I don't know. Since I killed her. I haven't seen her since, since I killed her. the day she went missing. So months later, a woman comes forward and she says she saw a man on the side of the road talking to a woman in a broke down car. And she goes over the whole scenario, the whole thing. They put a like photo lineup in front of her and she picks Mr. Mechanic oh. out of the photo lineup as the guy that she saw on the side of the road. But she says she would not testify because she was too scared. <sighs> she was like, when I saw him, like he looked me in the eyes and I just was so scared and I, I, Felt like I, they were going to go. I don't know. She just was like scared. Uh, she. Uh, no, she didn't say anything else. But police continue to surveil him. We don't know who he is yet. <laughs> he goes and he leaves and he goes to like the Midwest and he's there. They they're still watching him. Um, they go back. He goes back to like Hawaii he goes to Europe twice then he goes to like the east US and he's going back and forth and they're following him. the FBI is following him and they never catch him doing anything suspicious they never catch him at in anything I mean and they followed him because when was that in the last murder was I guess 86 uh huh so they're following for a long time. Then in 2003. And we have found like, well, I don't remember what serial killer it was. Maybe Cora Watts. He knew that he was under surveillance and they try to live their best normal mm-hmm. life. Um, but they couldn't follow him. He would go to Canada and I think he killed in Canada. But we couldn't like go to, they, Michigan couldn't follow yeah. him to Canada. But when they know they're under watch, they know how to be real normal. Well, 2003, Howard Gay died. Was this the mechanic? The mechanic. Ugh. His name is Howard Gay. It's very. It's not like out there. I mean, you type in Honolulu Strangler and its name doesn't pop up because... You couldn't convict him for it. But if you type in his name, it's so it's very like 
they didn't even men- I listened to a couple of episodes. They didn't even mention the name. What? In 2016, the Honolulu police um, started stepping up their cold case game and start uh, doing investigations into this case. They want to retest some of the DNA they have on file, but they aren't sure if it's viable because it's like almost 40 years old. How long Who ago gives shit? Do it. I don't know. They say that they consider all cases open until the suspect is identified or caught. Mm. And... It just they so can at least that, get familial DMA, DNA, maybe. I, I, this so 2003, is, he died. They're opening it back up in 2016. It never closes. Yeah. So they're, I guess they're looking back into these cold okay. cases. And it just so happened that the murder stopped whenever he was gone and dead. And that is what we know about the Honolulu <laughs> Strangler. I feel unfulfilled uh-huh i know but it's like a i mean he's like he was a like bad, bad. but like then he just left and died <laughs> well they can turn it off and turn it on too like they can go these long dormant periods without that's what btk did killing yeah because especially if they're controlled like that but it seems so he, like I just don't see so how they perfectly lined up. Like this fits this, this fits this. You yeah. know, like it fits their profile perfectly, and it usually doesn't. So I was waiting for you to say, "Oh, actually, it wasn't him." Nope. Police believed it was him that was the Honolulu Strangler, but never was convicted due to insufficient evidence. Wow! But and they do believe die? that he was it just natural, natural causes. Causes. Yeah. I mean, he had like transition glasses, but he didn't. He looked literally like a normal dude, like a BTK. <laughs> Some nice aviator glasses. He's probably an informant. Mm. So, so there you have it. Honolulu killer. Strangler. Strangler. I have to give it up for these cops. Listen, they were doing the most. They, they were living their best life trying to catch this guy. It's like they were excited about it and yeah. they wanted to do their job and they didn't give a shit about asking for help no and they, they knew they didn't know what they did it was that was I, refreshing I, we've had a lot of cases where we've had crooked cops yeah or lazy, lazy cops, cops or big ego or cops. fighting yes yeah like you don't want to your ego's too big to ask somebody else for help yeah gives a shit they asked for help and they got help well, i know they, i'm like why are they not fighting force? so much about it yeah so well these poor families don't have closure i know and i was like so why can't they they not just say test the dna i don't know i don't know but uh, it's probably because it's only a little bit and you can't like rerun if you only have a little bit i know but like you can't do like do it four times so what if they use it and it's like non-determinable yeah. Then they have no more DNA to do it later when we maybe have better technology. It's the only thing I could think oh, of. Oh, okay. Because I was like, what are they saving it for? But if we have, yeah. until we have better technology. Yeah. Just going to leave you on the verge. Leave you with the tip. Leave until hanging. next week. Wow. 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 Okay. Um, what should they go do now? Um, they should go and tell me what the next advancement in technology is <laughs> to catch the next serial killers and murders. 
while they are rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Very strict instructions. Speaking of unsolved, um, we're going to do a, not a, uh, it it is a series, but it's going to be separate from like our normal shows. We want to do some unsolved cases, but we want to talk to the people that like are in the case. So somebody you know, I know one or two of you have reached out, send us some cases, send us an email at bloodyhappyhour at gmail.com. Tell us who they are how you know them, or who we should contact because we would love to get some of these cold cases back into the spotlight again. So we want to talk about them. We want to interview you. Um, We want to hear your side of the story and bring these closed cases, especially if you're around here and you can come to the studio. If not, we can call you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can call you and we can do it over the phone. Either way, send us an email. That is on our agenda um, to start getting together. What else? Anything else? Rate, review, subscribe. We already said that. If you haven't registered already, go register for the live show. We cannot wait to see you. And your drag-alongs. And your drag-alongs. Don't forget to... <laughs> Stay aware. Stay alive. And always be DTF. Bye, y'all. Peace out. 52 minutes. Look at that. Perfect. Perfect, perfect. All right. Y'all ready to start recording? <laughs> <laughs> this has been a Rogue Media Podcast.